Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Unwasted Mind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moray. Thanks for tuning in. Now, my guest today is Calvin Street, a fellow podcaster that I met on Clubhouse who has some really remarkable wisdom and insight and spirituality and metaphysics. And I just definitely wanted to tap into that for our combo today. And I felt like he had a lot to offer. So I hit him up and he agreed to join. So that being said, I want to go in and welcome Calvin to the show. How are you doing today, brother? How you doing? Um, thank you for the invite. Really appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's been great. You know, I, I love this topic. I love these subjects. Um, I love connecting with people of like mine. So I definitely appreciate the invite. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I could get you on here, man. Since the first time I heard you talk on Clubhouse in a couple rooms, I was like, yo, this dude's tapped in, man. Like he's definitely spent a lot of time putting a lot of this information in perspective and you're able to share it in a way that really hits so many areas and gets people kind of stimulated in all these ways. And like, yeah, definitely. I was looking forward to this, man. So yeah, thanks for coming through. Um, so as we get started, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, you know, any more details about uh, your background to give an idea as to who you are and then what led you down the path that you're on that inspired you to dive deep into like these areas of areas of study that you have uh, built for like the content in your podcast that you discuss on like Clubhouse and any other uh, areas or mediums or whatever that you like to share your message. Absolutely. Um, man, I gained this knowledge about 20 years ago, back in 2000, so I'd be, I'd be about 21 years ago now. And divine alignment, divine timing, everything is happening as it is supposed to happen. You know, um, I uh, was living in a building and the person that I gained this knowledge from was living right underneath me. It's an older lady who's living right underneath me in the apartment underneath me. And one day I happened to stumble into the hallway and she was sweeping the hallway and, um, you know, we had a small conversation and she had me, she told me, she said, you know, she wanted me to stop by later, stop by the house. And the things that she was saying to me was like so bizarre. It was like, oh my God, it's like, you know, it's like shifting your reality too fast. But it was intriguing to the point where you wanted to know more. And we had a small, this was all just a small conversation. And when I came down into our apartment, there were books all over the floor, all over the walls all over the tables, like her apartment was flooded with books. So I would come down after work every day and she would give me pamphlets to read and we would just watch documentaries and all the stuff that people are talking about now, like, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I was learning. And so um, Monsanto and genetically modified seeds and all these things, you know, and, um, but there was nobody to talk to at this time. There's nobody to talk to, nobody to conversate with. There was no clubhouse, none of that. So it just stored information. So I used to actually go back and forth with myself and try to really understand things and really have conversations with myself and, 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 and really dialogue with myself and write things down and try to decipher them. Like, you know, I always needed to know why something was what it what it was described to be for instance i always wanted to know like if they say the all is in the all what the hell does that mean i need to know what it means i need to know why mercedes-benz is using that symbol on their car like there's a purpose behind everything mm -hmm. so you know i came into that and then i i came into clubhouse um about probably five months ago six months ago 
And a friend called me. He said, Cal, I need you to get on this app. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do no more apps. I'm done with social media. Yeah. I don't want to do any more apps. So he said, no, Cal, this app was made for you. This was made for you. I need you to get on this. So I jumped on the app. I did the, it was a really big room. It was a, um, it was uh, I forgot the name of the room. It was, um, it was a really big room. It was um, a metaphysical room. Can't remember at the moment, but I went in there and I did that room. After I did that room, my freaking, my DM went crazy. I spoke in that room and then my DM just went crazy. Then I started doing rooms after that. And then my DM would just go crazy. Like people would just call, like ask to call me, ask to speak to me. And um, it's just started really expanding and connecting with people. So um, I got into the knowledge 20 years ago. And like I said, when there's nobody to really conversate with. And then this door opened and then I found a bunch of people who was just into the same thing. And they just took off from there. And people pushed me to do the podcast. People wanted to hear more. So I started doing a podcast and I'm currently working on putting the book together. So a lot of the things that you see on Instagram is going to be part of the book. So there's small snippets of what's going to be part of the body of the book. Yeah. So as far as you doing all this stuff, these weren't things that you were planning on doing prior to, you know, Clubhouse or maybe if you had any real interest to actually share stuff on social media, did, were you going that direction or did you have it, an idea? Or I, you, you know what, this... you know what it is, you know what it was. That's a great question. What it was, was I had no momentum, right? So I enjoyed it, but for so many years, there was nobody else to really connect with. So I kind of sort of like, probably stagnated myself from expanding it into books, expanding it into things like that, because there was no community. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't no community in my, in my world mm -hmm. that pushed me. So when I did the clubhouse and I connected with more people and, and more things came about, it's something I started to do, like the book I started to do, but I always pushed it to the wayside. I pushed it to the wayside. I did a little bit of it. I pushed it to the wayside because I think there wasn't a drive. It was like, where are the people that I'm going to give it to? Yeah. You know, so I had no real direction of who I was going to give this body of work to. I didn't really think, I didn't know how to find this community of people yeah. that I was going to give this body of work to. So I felt like it was going to just get lost on Amazon. Mm -hmm. you know <laughs> so it was just like i i created and it might just get lost in a pile of books in amazon yeah so so was do you was there like a single book or maybe a, a couple books and maybe after like whatever your area of interest was at the time that kind of like sparked your curiosity was there anything in particular that you read about that you were like okay for some reason this is connecting and i want to dive deeper into this because i know for myself I mean, I kind of began my interest in areas like metaphysics back in college, but back mm -hmm. then I'm a young 20 something that didn't know anything. I mean, not that I know mm -hmm. a hell of a lot, not that I know anything now, but back then I really didn't know shit. You know how it is. And I right, really right. young. It's yeah, like, exactly. you're really, yeah, you're really complete, but you can feel right. it. It's like a feeling deep down, like this calls to me almost like maybe if somebody wants to go be I a see. doctor or they want to be a lawyer or they want to be a politician or whatever they wanted or a musician, like whatever it calls to them, this stuff called to me then. And it was fascinating. But again, like you were talking about, there wasn't a community 
community to share this with. And my family, these are these are these are things and topics that they know nothing about, and to actually talk about it, right, it kind right, of make them uneasy exactly. because they weren't taught these things, exactly. you know. So it kind of goes against what yeah. they're traditionally taught, which I feel like is right. kind of the crossroads that we're at as a society. There's a lot of people that right. were just raised a certain way with certain awareness, and when you bring something that kind of shakes that up a little bit, they get thrown off. And not only do they get thrown off, their whole concept of reality gets thrown into oblivion because it's like wait a second that's some other shit that nah that's imagination that's for stoners that's for people on drugs that's not real and you're like you're like well what makes your world any more real than this world like (laughs) let's talk about that so yeah for yourself what was it that you that you read about that really kind of got got the ball rolling for you oh man you know when i've read the kabbalion the, the hermetic laws the universal laws that's what opened it up because it was too, it was happening in real time. Everything the Hermetic Laws talks about, the law of vibration, the law of mentalism, but it was first the law of mentalism that I first stumbled upon how the universe is conscious and how I'm co-creating with it. And then I started to observe yourself because through the law of mentalism, you start observing that everything that is happening outside of yourself, you can actually see it in your mind first, you know? So you're experiencing everything in your mind first. So that was fascinating when I came upon hermetic laws. So the hermetic laws, once I I came upon the hermetic laws, I just took off. I like, I just took off because it went from the hermetic laws to so many different things, you know, um, esoteric knowledge, exotoric knowledge, um, understanding the mystery schools, Freemasonry, um, the, the, the sons of Saturn, the, the astral theology and how all these things were connected. But yes, the Kabbalions. The Kabbalion was the first book. It was the seven hermetic principles. The law of cause and effect, the law of gender, law of, law of polarity. And the reason why it resonated is because it's actually happening in real time every day in your life. Mm-hmm. You know. So can you explain a little bit about the hermetic laws to people who may not be aware okay. of what they are, what that means, and its importance to us and relevance to everyday life? Absolutely. The hermetic laws are spiritual laws that guide us. And these laws are helping to maintain equilibrium and balance in your life and outside of your life. It is where keep things together. So we have a, a nature, uh, a relationship with nature. This relationship with nature is called love. So what exactly is this love? How do we explain it? So if I walk outside, there is a plant that will feed me. There is a plant that will heal me. There is a plant that's allowing me to breathe. The relationship I have with nature is called interdependency, codependency, and cohesion. That relationship is called love, right? The beehive depends on the pollen, right? The beaver depends on the trees to build this dam. Everything is working in harmony. If you apply that relationship to your relationship, when you and your family are working in harmony, when you and your family or a unit or a government, that relationship, interdependency, codependency, cohesion is what love truly is. You are maintaining balance. When you remove balance, 
you get chaos. You get destruction, right? You get famine, earthquakes, tsunamis, when nature is out of harmony, right? Mudslides, when you cut down too many trees, there's not trees to drink up the water. So we have out of harmony. So these laws are to keep you and your experiences and your in yourself in alignment. So the law of mentalism, for instance, it says that you are seeing the world through the frequency of your mind. So you are not seeing the world through your eyes, you are seeing it through your mind. Nothing can rise higher than the source. So that means if your mind is destructive, your life cannot be successful. You cannot rise higher than the source, which is your mind. So the outer world cannot be greater than your inner world. You got me. Mm-hmm. So the law of mentalism says that you are creating the world from the frequency of your mind and through the vibration of what you're feeling and thinking. So it says, Calvin, this is what I'm going to do, creator. I'm going to create the world through the pattern of your own mind. So if your mind is destructive, creator, then the world would be destructive. Your world would be destructive. But not only will your world be destructive, the way you feel, the vibration, I will magnetically pull everyone to you who is also destructive. So I can stand next to you and Matt could say, oh, the world is a beautiful place. And then I will say, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> this world is a piece of shit. It's, it's hell on earth. So because we are vibrating at different frequencies, the pattern that is going on in your world is not the same pattern that is going on in my world. You are a different expression of the same reality. What does that mean? The piece of paper, the pencil, and the wooden table are all the tree, but they are having their own expression as the tree. The piece of paper is having its own expression as the tree. The pencil is having its own expression as the tree. And the wooden table is having its own experience as the tree. So they are the tree, but they are not the tree. The universe is a paradox. That means when I'm meeting you, I am meeting myself. When I'm meeting that tree, I am meeting myself. Nothing is different from me. Nothing is separate. The I am is the totality of everything and everyone. This is why your world will affect my world. The decisions you make in your life, you will say, well, Calvin, what I do with my life doesn't affect you. (laughs) What I do with my life doesn't concern you. But in fact, it does. Mm -hmm. The relationship that nature has with everything is called love. That applies to me and you. Whatever Matt does with his life will affect my life. Because in order for equilibrium to happen, we must work in harmony. Right? Mm-hmm. We must work in harmony. So they explain that in a modern day state, in a modern state. If your son forms a gang up the street and my kids have to go through the neighborhood to get to school, Don't you think that your energy that you imprinted on your son will affect my children who are traveling to school on the same block 
he has formed a gang on. You see how our lives are intertwined, mm-hmm. you know? So no matter how you see it, you are affected by the relationship that the universe has of equilibrium. We are all responsible, you know? So people say, why do bad things happen to good people? People always say that. Mm-hmm. But let's observe what I just said. There is no separation in the all. So if you go outside and a bullet hits you as an innocent bystander, this is a prime example, right? That I am an expression of you and that your decisions affect my reality and my reality affects your decisions because you are not separate from me. The relationship we have with nature, if we chop down the trees, if we destroy the ecosystem, right? It affects our breathing. It affects our ability to prevent mudslides and flooding, you know? Because the decisions we make has a direct connection to how nature will behave to create and maintain equilibrium and balance. Does that make sense to you? It, it makes perfect sense. And I, I've okay. read, I've actually read the Kabbalion mm-hmm. as well. So it, it's mm-hmm. been a while, but I do remember right. as I was reading it, having that same feeling that like, okay, there's a level yeah, of wisdom in here that almost feels like it should be innate in every single person, but there's a level of consciousness mm-hmm. that we have to have in order to actually like understand how like universally geared the teachings are, and then you can look at yeah. your own life in comparison. Of course, every spiritual text is going to have this same undertone to it. So right. the good thing about the right. Kabbalion is it's actually a pretty easy read. You know, it's not very right. large and it's not very intimidating unless you're maybe just right. unfamiliar with the verbiage. But right. What, I, right. what, what, what is interesting to me is how it seems so simple and basic, yet in our world today, and it seems in our world for quite some time, if you study history, going back to the, the medieval mm-hmm. ages and the right. time, the times during the Roman Empire and everything right. in between, all the right. conflicts and wars, right. it's almost like, okay, if this is like divine wisdom, then why does our world have such difficulty actually exercising it? Why do we have such a problem applying this to our everyday lives? And how come everybody can't see that? Because I can read that same book and actually tell myself like, okay, whatever I've done, that's actually caused disharmony in my life. I can now put it in perspective and maybe make some changes. So that doesn't have to happen tomorrow, but I have to make that conscious effort. Right. And then I have to actually look at how my past experiences and actions are affecting me to this day, which also probably affected the people around me that may or may not be as close to me now as they were before those events happened. Right. And you look at the world today and it seems it feels like we're in such disharmony and we have been for quite some time. And there, like, like you said earlier, like we can talk about whether there's peace or chaos or more than the other. And depending on the experience, which one are you going to gravitate more towards? And at the same time, it's like there's a feeling of so much chaos and a search for peace, even though maybe the peace gets found through the search or maybe it's understood in the experience without realizing the search isn't that's, necessary. That's a great you know what I'm saying? That's so like, great, yeah, yes, how do you absolutely. feel about that? So what, what is happening is that this relationship that we have with nature, we are, it's light. Light is love. So 
Light has been inverted. It is flowing the opposite way. So what we're experiencing is the defragmentation of love. So love has been fragmented into pieces of glass. There is separation now. Everyone sees themselves separate from another person. And as long as we continue to see ourselves separate from another person, then we are out of harmony. So this light, which we are, is a self-aware intelligence. This self-aware intelligence is what's keeping everything together. However, we are experiencing the descent, the descension in the lower density of this light, which we call darkness. Darkness and light is the same thing. Darkness is light flowing the opposite way, being inverted. So the reason why we cannot perceive life the way as the Kabbalion says it is because even your mind is a mental wound, and this is the law of gender. Someone else is using your mind to birth the future, to birth their ideas. You think you think for yourself, you don't. Someone is telling you how to feel. Someone is telling you what happiness is. Someone is telling you what is undesirable about you. Your mind is a mental wound. So let's move to the law of gender now. Your conscious mind is a force. Your subconscious mind is another force. Conscious mind is the masculine energy. Subconscious mind is the feminine energy. They come together to birth in an idea, to birth a thought. A thought is a conscious living entity. The thought now, you as the observer becomes prisoner to your own mind. So the outside world programs you for you to create the reality, generate the world that they want to live in. So as you grow up, you think you want to be uh, a doctor, something your parents gave you. They have imprinted their thoughts in your mind. Your mind is a mental wound, right? You like the girls that everybody else like because those are the type of girls you should like. Another idea imprinted on you from other people. This is what love is given to you by other people. This is where and how you should dress given to you by other people. Someone is using the mental womb of your mind for you to create a life that they want to live in. So you are giving someone else your power. So people who think they are thinking for themselves are actually writing the pages of the future for someone else. They're actually using their generative powers to create a world that other people want to live in. And I'll give you an even better example. One of the greatest, right, projections that was ever given was by the De Beers family. The De Beers family took the diamond and they associated it with love. Now that is profound. They took the diamond and associated it with love. So now I am 
planting my idea into your mental womb. And you go, oh, so a woman is going to love me based on how big the diamond is. Mm. Sorry, right? Yeah. A woman is going to love me based on how big the diamond is. Based on how small the diamond is, I am not worthy enough. So my idea of love, right, has been forged, created, right, transmuted and changed for you, the masses, to accept. And it ends with this commercial. Diamonds is a girl's best friend. Right? Mm -hmm. So all your life now, you say, women will love me if I buy them diamonds. You see how now I'm using your mental wound to plant my idea of love in? And you walk out into the world and you manifest my idea of love. So the thinking is not even yours, it's mine. Mm -hmm. And this is what we continue to do. We tell you what love is. We tell you what type of way you should dress. We tell you what success is. So a guy asked me, say, Calvin, the word productivity is thrown around all the time. What is productivity to you? I said, well, what would you like to do today? Do you just want to go for a walk? Do you want to start a new book? Do you want to make music? What is it that you would like to do to serve yourself? Forget about the world. You think you should be trading on the stock market. You think you should be buying Bitcoin. You think you should be doing all of these things. There are not even your ideas. There are other people pitching their idea of happiness to you. What is it that you would like to do for yourself today? That is productivity. You know, we have to detach from other people's idea of what our lives are supposed to be like. That is the difficulty. Mm -hmm. Do you you think we do that? Because it sounds to me like the the motivation behind that, which interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, it's almost like it's a, um, it's a byproduct of, what I would say, and I, I want to be careful about the way that I phrase this, it's a byproduct of not experiencing enough love. So you do it for acceptance because if you're accepted yes. by others, validation. That, yeah, yes. it's like, so you do these things and even though you may not want to do it, so for example, um, I have a friend who is very into fashion and the dude definitely like looks good, you know, with what he wears, mm-hmm. but he'll make suggestions as far as like ways that I can help in my fashion sense. And sometimes he'll send me ideas or, or shirts that he likes and I'm like, that's dope, but I'm not sure that works for me. For me, there now, we go. now, now, yes, I, now, yes, I feel yes. that that works for you. Yes, and some you. of the you know, some of the stuff I actually like. I was like, but yes. there's a reason why I chose to dress the way that I chose to dress for a long time yes. for these very areas of my life. So, but if I yes. start changing that now, I don't mind experimenting at all. If I want to throw on something different, right. like all right, let's see how this looks. And there have been right. plenty of times. But it's I'm like, your oh. projection. It's exactly. your projection. Yeah. So, in of course, it could be that. It could be another one is cars. 
cars are a perfect example of when people will, will take a car in a vehicle and they will put it under certain, a certain light and they will believe that this car may, may be uh, signifies success or signifies yes. how much money that they, that they're making yes. in their life or the social class they're a part of. Yes. Now I personally have never cared about cars or car brands. Now right. I do, I do yes. think some cars actually performance wise do perform better than others, but as far right. as because of what, where I've been at, and the thing is, is I actually come from a certain side of like the uh, the the socioeconomic hierarchy that makes America what it is. But at the same time, I don't care about the type of the type of car that I drive as long as it works. Right. And right. if it's aesthetically okay. if it's aesthetically appealing enough to where it's got a nice body or whatever, that's cool, too. But I could care less whether or not it's a BMW or a Mercedes or an Audi or a Land Rover or, or right. whatever, any, any, any type of vehicle that's considered high class or expensive or luxury. Right. 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 To me, right. on in all honesty, like unless you actually understand automotive performance and things of that nature, like the difference really is going to be a little bit more of just like how you feel about how it looks. Right. right. But we live in a society to where we become so enamored by materialism that somewhere along the lines and we can take this back to whatever type of um social institution imprinted these ideas upon us going back to maybe the 70s and 80s or maybe even the 60s but it's like somewhere along the lines we created these images for what would receive mm -hmm. love because maybe we yes. we didn't know love early on right and of course no, you look at all absolutely. the conflicts that we had in society going yes. back to the 60s and it's like well right a lot of people actually had to start following suit with behaviors that I know for a fact they had no real desire to involve themselves in. So we could take something like racism or classism or things of that nature that do divide us in all these really weird ways. And it's like certain people probably just put up with the racist activity around them so they wouldn't be ostracized or outcasted or hated by their peers and surrounding environment or whatnot, which is an understandable fear. And then those people that actually experienced racism and the actions that came right. upon it from that or Absolutely. just discrimination in general when it comes to like right. female discrimination or or even right. um right. uh you know homosexuality and the kind of the scrutiny right. that they've had to go through when it comes to them fighting for their social social and political rights and whatnot right. so i it's interesting that we've taken on these behaviors to try to receive what we would think love when it's really not love i mean acceptance may be a form of love but of course if you're only being accepted based upon how you're changing your behavior because it doesn't align with who you are, then it goes, it shows yes. the divide. So I think that's interesting that we live in this world too. It's almost like, it's almost like that's what's happening is there's a being a, a, a break between those who recognize that like, yo, this is a false reality. This is a projection. Right. Like you're saying, this is the real shit. This is how you right. feel, how you connect, right. how you, how you, how you speak to right. one another, you know what I'm yes. saying? How you connect with your own spirit, right. how you connect exactly. with source, which I actually wanted to get right. into that as well. Like, Right. What it what is source? How do we identify uh, source? And how does that actually exactly. be something we can share that message with exactly. people so they understand what that right. is and they can involve that more in their life? So we 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 are droplets of the ocean. So we are source in quantity, not quality. So source, we are pure self-aware light. We have the black lights, which is the source energy. We have, out of this black light comes the white light, which is the force energy. And in Star Wars, they say, may the force be with you. Mm -hmm. So source energy is self-aware light. And these two lights, the black light and the white light that they call dark matter, dark energy, this energy, this self-aware light creates an electromagnetic field. And this electric 
magnetic energy is what's running everything. This heart has an electromagnetic field. This is where everything is truly happening from this consciousness center core of the heart. So there's the self-aware divine intelligence that's allowing me to breathe without my effort, that is making my heart beat without my effort. This divinity is what is making the lion come out of the womb and the lion knows what his job is in nature. The, job, the lion does not change his job. This is the self-aware energy that the beehive knows what his job is in nature. It will not go do the job of the lion. It will not go do the job of the gazelle. Or the, or the beaver. Everything stays in alignment. That is divinity. This self-aware intelligence is what's guiding everything. Is this, this energy, this source energy. To try to comprehend it is beyond your finite mind to try to comprehend it. So the, the answer becomes, I am the all. I am the I am. What does that mean? I have no gender. I have no personality. I am just the totality of everything and everyone. Do not try to comprehend. You will go in circles. Even the hermetic laws tell us to try to comprehend the all is incomprehensible. So we go to the Rig Veda. The Rig Veda says, in the beginning, the existence of non-existence did not exist. Can you imagine such a thought? It says the existence of non-existence didn't even exist. That there wasn't even ear. That ear didn't even exist. And that even God itself did not exist. I mean, how do you even comprehend something like that? <laughs> right. That God itself did not even exist. That God itself is a byproduct of source. So that even God came out of source, this God energy. Wow. Right, imagine that. So this source energy, we are pure energy, light, self-aware light, etheric light. This is where we are. But this heart, there's one thing that's fascinating about it. It does not resonate with the rest of the world. It does not resonate with your mind, it stays in truth. So let's observe this reality. Doesn't matter if you tell me, Calvin, I'm happy at this job. The heart will say, I disagree. You are so unhappy. You can say I'm happy in my marriage. The heart will say, I disagree. <laughs> you are not happy. You can go to a place and go, I'm fine. The heart will say, I'm scared. Let's leave. The heart has an electric magnetic field that communicates with who you truly are and what you truly are feeling. So it pulls everything to you magnetically that you truly are. Your intentions, your true intentions always sit in your heart. This is when you try, you start to trust your intuition and your feelings. You say, yeah, I could be a millionaire. The heart says you do not believe it. Mm. So the law of attraction never works because the synchronicity of the mind and the heart never align. And as we walk through life, we always refer to the heart and we don't even know it. 
I say, Matt, did you do this thing for your grandmother today? You say, yes, I did it from the heart. I say, Matt, I'm going to give a speech today. You say, Calvin, speak from the heart. You said, I saw you give that guy a dollar. You say, yes, I did it from the heart. I say, Matt, what happened to your girlfriend? You say, she broke my heart. And I say, Matt, what happened to your ex? You say, we had a heart to heart. Then I say, Matt, do you know this song? You say, yes, I know it by heart. Mm -hmm. It's always in the heart. See, we say it, but we don't know it. What we're saying when we say it. Why? Because the heart lives in truth. Now, let's go back to what we just talked about. You are trying to live a lifestyle because it's been given to you by someone else's idea. But the heart is constantly telling you, this is not who I am. I wouldn't wear this, but I'm only wearing it because I feel like this is what they were like. But actually, it's not what I like. I would never wear this. I would never drive this car. I would never live in this neighborhood. I don't even like these people that I'm hanging around. <laughs> the heart is always speaking the opposite of what you're trying to convince it. That is the fascinating part about our transformation. It observes our lives and forces us to experience the agony, right? Because it is the agony and the knowing and the constant knowing of the heart that allows us to say, you know what? I'm not happy here. I truly don't want to be in this marriage. I truly don't like this girl. I truly don't like this crowd. The heart lives in truth to keep us in what? Balance, equilibrium, bring us back to our true selves. Right? Mm -hmm. So this relationship of light only flows directly through trying to reconnect us back to our true selves. Even though we are experiencing the low density of this light, it is always trying to find itself back to itself. And that's what me and you are doing. No matter how much we pretend we act, the heart will keep us in agony until we return back to our true selves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And it's almost as if that's, and this is what I find very peculiar. And I've actually always been told, so I've got the Anahata uh, chakra symbol yeah. tatted on my arm right there. Yeah. yeah, this is like the heart chakra. And that's because I've always been told I wear my heart on my sleeve. My mom's always, my mom's always <laughs> right. told me I have right. a big heart or she's actually says I have a big heart, but I have a chicken heart. So it's like, I am soft hearted. So I get, I get hurt very easily. And of course, if you, um, you know, understand that's another lesson. That's another yeah. lesson. Yeah. Uh -huh. So if you understand like astrology, like I'm a Pisces, I'm actually a, a triple right. Pisces right. or a, a Pisces stelium, I guess you could say. And I actually have three different stelium, three triple placements in, in different zodiac signs. And as I became more in tune with that level of self-awareness of who I am, I realized there was a reason why I was affected in the certain ways that I was. And then when I stopped believing that, that for some reason, put me at fault for experiencing all the pain I experienced in life. I didn't come to recognize what like, well, this world and the things that have happened in my life 
caused a lot of pain early on. And I kept experiencing mm-hmm. that repetitively, not just in my life, but with those around me. And because I was able to actually see and feel the the the, the density and the intenseness of that pain, it's almost like it gave mm-hmm. me insight as to what really is the mm-hmm. problem. So when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. when it comes to friendships, people come right. to me and for the longest time, I always wondered why, like, why are they always coming to me? Why do I attract these people that have all these conflicts? It's mm-hmm. almost like I know what to say to them, but I don't really know where it's coming from. It's almost like even at even as a teenager, I would say these things to my friends as if I was, you know, like an older brother or even a parent yeah, or an right. uncle, even though that we are the same age. And they would ask me these things about how you know all this. And I'm like, dude, I, I really don't know. I don't know. It's just it comes from the heart. I'm just telling you how I feel there because I can feel your pain and how it's making me feel. This is how I would talk to myself if I was going through right. this. Right. That's and then the magnetic field. And that's what I was going to get to is this magnetic field. And you talked about earlier the law of vibration or vibrational frequencies. How do these things how do these things connect with one another and with ourselves in order for us to recognize and identify whenever we look at what's considered right or wrong? And it's like, well, without getting too deep into the uh uh the verbiage of what right and wrong would be or the philosophy, it's like, well, what well, ca- what, what, what causes unjust question. pain and what pain right. almost couldn't be helped? And that's, that's how you would what, differentiate. That's, that's a great question. That's a great question. So the first level, the reason why we understand other people's suffering, because we have to perceive our own suffering first. So karma is for you. It's always for you. It's not for other people. So as you walk through your own self-perception, uh, you have to perceive your own suffering. It allows you to gain empathy for other people. Now, what exactly does this mean? So a woman said to me, she says, do I attract narcissistic men? I said, no, you attract the lesson. What is the lesson? Everybody that you are in a relationship with, everybody you ever, you ask them, you ask for them. They're a reflection of how you feel about yourself. But let's observe how you feel about yourself. You say, well, I'm a great woman. I do this, I do that. Well, you still haven't learned the karmic lesson. So you leave one abusive boyfriend, another comes. You leave that one, another comes. Why are they keep coming? Why do they keep coming? Let's observe the self. You are a codependent. You have empathy for other people, but none for yourself. You love people with no boundaries. You have no self-love. And because you have none of those things, narcissistic people have the ability to get into your life. So you are learning the karmic lesson that you are responsible, right, for giving empathy to people and not reserving none for yourself. You're responsible for not creating self-love. You're responsible for not creating boundaries. You are gaining the karmic lesson that love does not conquer all, that some people are black holes and they are coming to consume your light. You are learning the karmic lessons to protect your heart. So as you learn the lesson now and you self-reflect, you go through an aha moment. You realize you're responsible for bringing the narcissist. You realize you're responsible for bringing the abusers and the, and the, um, the disgruntled girlfriends. You realize the self-accountability that you placed on yourself. So now you gain a sense of empathy, a greater sense of empathy. So now when you see another abusive person, you go, Ha, 
I won't judge because I was there. Because you have risen to a higher vibration of awareness now. So now you are looking down at the people in the underworld and saying, I get it. But they too have to see their own karmic lessons. What I will do is imprint my energy on them. You are not here to change the world. You are here to imprint your energy to help with the acceleration of another human being. How does that work? By removing judgment. Once you remove judgment, then you start responding to life rather than reacting to life. So instead of trying to convince another person that is not love or trying to will the energy outside of yourself because it will drain more energy from you trying to get them to see your perception. All you do is imprint your love on them but you must allow them to go through their own karmic lesson for them to attach themselves, you know? So this is what exactly what is happening. As we perceive our own suffering, we can rise to a higher vibration, right? That allows us, right, to not forgive other people, but to forgive ourselves. See, once we forgive ourselves for having these narcissistic people, these abusive people, and being in relationships with them. Now, when we move into the next relationship, we remove our projected fears because what will happen is we will meet an amazing woman and we will project all our fears onto her and we will lose the amazing woman. This is why it's important to perceive our own karmic lesson so we learn from it and go, okay, I'm in a place now where I am healed and I don't project my old fears on my new relationship. You got me? Mm -hmm. So basically, would you say that when people fall into these consistent cycles of these behavior patterns that they can't seem to snap and you could also, I, I guess, take that same understanding and attribute it to drug addiction. So it's like we all have law rhythm. It's the like we all rhythm. we all have these vices and maybe your right, vices, right. whether it's sex or drugs right. or money or power right. or, or mm. influence or acknowledgement or adoration. And I mean, I could I could go down the line, whatever it is and that feeds that egoic energy. It's like you can't. Karma. Yeah, you can't the snap of out karma. of it. So it's well, like you're going to. So you're with that. What you're talking about is you're going to face your karma over and over and over again until you snap out of it. You are seeing the world through the frequency of your own mind. This is where hell is happening. Here is hell is happening here. The law of correspondence. The world is a reflection of what's happening in your mind. You are going to face the reflection of your mind over and over again until you snap out of it. The karma is always for us. So what happens? Someone say, Cal, why does the skydiver jumps out of the plane even though he's afraid? His desire overpowers his fear. When you have a desire to no longer be 
in an abusive relationship, when you have the desire to no longer want to experience this job you hate anymore, when you no longer, when you have a desire to no longer want to be unhappy, the will is the desire. You will snap out of your own suffering. See, it is a self-reflective journey. It is all for you. The door is for you and no one else. It will take us more energy to try to wield someone else's karma or make them snap out of their own karma. We are here, right? Like I said, to imprint our energy to help with the acceleration of another human being. When we heal, we bring people that heal. Mm -hmm. You got what I'm saying? Oh yeah. That's imprinting our energy. Once we imprint our energy, which is heal, which is love, people that want to heal will come to me and you. Mm-hmm. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? We don't find the people that need to be healed. We don't put on our capes and we go find <laughs> them. You got what I'm saying? They're very they true. Will find they us. find us. They will find us. Yeah. And there it is. And there it is. I remember when I was actually going through a really difficult time after a big breakup I went through a few years ago, a friend of mine who's actually one of my closest friends now, crazy you mentioned that because I, I found him and I found him while I was in the relationship. We actually connected. He's another, he's a music artist. We connected on SoundCloud and I have to this day, well, deep down spirit knows, but consciously I had no idea what drew me to like finding him. It was literally, he left a comment on a SoundCloud page. I looked at his profile because his name maybe pulled me in. Yeah. I looked at his page, listened to one of his tracks. I dug his sound, sent him a, a DM. From that point on, we had an online connection. It turned into yeah. an actual like social connection after a amount of time spending, sending messages back and forth. When I was in pain, uh, sharing how I felt on Twitter, he connected with it, reached out to me. And then from that point on, it led to a deep friendship. And then after I learned what I learned through that experience, after that, we remained friends but here I was two years later, somebody had come into my life that was going through a similar bout and the similar struggles that I could recognize and identify with. So when we were on Zoom conversations because we were connected through a mutual group, they came into my life so I could share. It's almost like that cycle of like his, my friend's love for me, what that left for me, my love for somebody else who was in maybe uh, uh, an equated amount of pain it's like, it's just, it's, it, it does attract, it does connect, it's a magnetic pull. And it's like that love or that will to pull yourself out of suffering and struggle to be like, okay, I'm going to fight for what matters to me. And I'm going to do everything I can to put myself in alignment to what I can, what no longer presents so much pain that impacts my everyday life to where it makes me dysfunctional. And then once you reach that certain breaking point, like you said, it's like all of a sudden that healing energy kind of has a life of its own at that point, which we could easily say, is God, you know, like at least mm. a form of it. Mm. Right. And that's yes, why people do yes. go to church. That's why people are drawn to certain types of spiritual texts. That's why, because there's the, whatever it is that they're feeling deep down is pulling them to this energy yes. that this message is yes. giving them. And it's yes. interesting because yes. once you're actually consciously aware, then it's yes. like, okay, then this is going to be my reality from now on because yes. I like yeah, this world. Go. 
than the world I that like created it. despair, yes. that yes. created pain, that created imbalance, that created now conflict. Yeah. How love is always trying to redirect itself back to its original form, its original source, because love is what we are. And we're constantly trying to um, redirect ourselves back to a place of peace. If you look at the world, you look at everyone, they are all trying to achieve this idea of peace and love, even if it's intoxicating. So people want love even if it's toxic, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be heard. They want to be recognized. They want to be validated. However you try to package it, it is all love. It's all love. People want to know they're important. They want to know that they want attention. They want validation. Even though they're expressing it in a toxic way, it is just the polarity and the opposite side or the low density side of love. You're just wanting to receive it in a toxic form, but they're searching for it, right? A Gucci bag is a form of affection, right? Don't give me a hug, give me a Gucci bag, <laughs> right? A car is a form of affection. You know, people are trying to find this through other vehicles. A diamond ring is a form of affection. So you see, if you really observe, everyone is trying to reconnect and find themselves back to this relationship of love. But it is happening through their own channels and their own vehicles of what they think it is. A woman who stays with an abusive man is just happy to have a man. She wants love even if it's toxic. It all redirects itself back to what? What source really is. Except this side is experiencing it from a low density. Mm. And this side is experiencing it from a higher vibration. Ice is the lowest vibration. Water is the higher vibration. Steam is the highest vibration, right? The etheric, free-flowing, the immaterial. Steam is the spirit of the ice. Mm. So it's when the you know? element transform, it, it when it transfers over to that form to where now it can be free flowing and not contained through some yes. type of atm atmospheric condition. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I, I, I never really thought Balance. about it like that. But yeah, that does make Balance. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Be because Absolutely. now it's able to work with all of the surroundings. Yes. And again, it's not constrained yes. by conditions yes. of the environment. Wow. Now, right. Steam has the ability to fall from grace. Steam can become water again and trap itself back into ice. Mm. You know, it can fall. You know, so uh, you're this. So this solidity is the confinement. So you see, 
this different expressions of one reality happening. So someone is experiencing love at a lower density and we are experiencing it at a more free flowing, unconfined way. I'm not trying to control you. You're not trying to control me. I'm not walking into your life projecting fears on you. I am freely allowing you to be who you are. Do not try to control anything. Just surrender. Do not try to confine it. You know? Right? Yeah. So when we walk into a relationship where we don't try to control a woman, we don't try to possess her, she can love us freely. You cannot love anything that you are trying to control. It will only destroy you. You cannot wield energy outside of yourself. The only moment you can control is this moment. Mm. Anything outside of yourself is a force beyond you. This is why if it doesn't work for you, you remove yourself from it. You will just remove yourself because you will not make somebody love you. You will not make somebody like you. You will not make anything happen for you the way you want it to happen. It's not your energy to control. The piece of paper says I'm having my own expression as the tree. The, the pencil say I'm having my own expression as the tree. Right? Mm -hmm. I do not have lead. You cannot make me have lead. The wooden table says I'm having my own expression as the tree. We are all the tree, but I'm having my own expression. I am expressing myself separately from you. Right? Different expressions of the same reality. One reality expressing itself. Right? This is what the ice represents. Mm -hmm. Right? The density of it all confinement of it all and as the ice loosens up it becomes the water a higher vibration it can flow right unconfined whatever you put water in it takes the form of it it can adapt to any environment water can be placed anywhere then as it raises to a higher vibration it becomes this steam immaterial cannot be held, cannot be touched. It is truly unbound now. You cannot contain steam. You cannot touch it, you cannot hold it in your hand. You can't imprison it. It is in its purest etheric form. Got me. Is, is that why whenever you, whenever you breathe it in, it's, it does open your senses up? And it actually does enable you to be far more um, sensibly like aware. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Like That's the what breath. they say. Like breathe that, like breathe that breath. good prana. Yeah, breathe. that yeah. breath. You know, so, that good so, breath. Take it. That's why people say take a deep breath because your breath is the voice of your spirit. Based on how you breathe, I can tell what mood you're in. 
just off your breath, right? We can tell if you're angry based on how you breathe. We can tell if you're anxious based on how you breathe. And we can tell if you're calm based on how you breathe. So you see how breath itself even translate how you are operating and what vibration you are operating on, right? Based on how mad is breathing, I say, oh man, he's angry. Based on how you breathe, I say, oh, he's calm. He's okay. He took a deep breath and he's good. Yeah. You see? We observe ourselves because ourselves are teaching us about ourselves. We are the observer. We are observing our whole life. And as we continue to observe our whole life, we can better respond to life, not react. Mm -hmm. Someone cuts you off in traffic. You cut her off in traffic. You're reacting. She cuts you off in traffic. You step on the brakes. You say, Matt, just let her go. You're responding. You walk in your house. Your girl is yelling, screaming. You don't go on 100. She's on 100. You don't go on 100. You're reacting. You step back and you say, why is she angry? What is going on? What happened to her today? What happened at work today? Now, Matt is responding to life. You see? Mm -hmm. Now you're observing and you're removing yourself because reacting, you come in the house, she yells, you yell. That's it. Self-destruction. Right? And thus, this is how we... So... We... This is how we operate in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it's also we just like react. We walk outside. We react. Yeah, but whenever you remove that reactivity and you actually learn to experience it, accept it, and then move through it, navigate it in it to a way that, I guess, softens the feeling or the energy, then you learn what harmony really is because then you can sense and feel that like, okay, there can be conflict in this moment, but the conflict doesn't, I don't have to add to it. I don't have to make it worse. I don't have to amplify the chaotic energy. Go. I don't have to, what and can that, I do and, now? And, and that, yeah, yes. that, that's an opportunity for you to actually instill and, harmony. And that's why music or these things that have such calming yeah. effects on us, it brings us down or it calms us down or it, it takes us out of that moment of aggression or maybe it puts us into a state of, of joy to where we're Absolutely. dancing freely and we're just loving Absolutely. and yeah it's it's, it's fascinating Absolutely. but it it also does take basically us to be able to understand that to see that to perceive it and to actually like take Absolutely. whatever actions we need to because every day it does change life does is going to throw you curveballs there's going to be days whenever that person that cuts you off ends up creating like maybe an accident and now you're late to work or now you walk in and your boss because he was in traffic and couldn't get there in time maybe he's unhappy and that's going to affect you're able to like be able to be productive so what that is day. the journey really about exactly so there we go now yeah. what is the journey really about self-mastery your entire journey is about self-mastery, mastering the self. Mastering the self because it never ends. You are the magician. You are the alchemist. In Freemasonry, there's the compass and the square. Standing on the square is man realizing that he is a god operating as a man on earth, right? In a finite world. You know, so standing in the circle is the man 
who is trying to achieve being a God. That's why they say stand on your square. A God who already knows he's a God, who has already mastered himself and can operate in a world of lower density. This is what you have to know. How to operate, right? Every day in a world of lower density and remain neutral. Now we go to the law of polarity. It teaches us to be neutral. If you walk to the kitchen sink, there's hot on one side and there's, one, and there's cold on the other. But the water is neutral. When does the water become unneutral? When you make it hot or you make it cold. When you make the water warm, the water becomes neutral. Now you can put your hand under it, right? If you get in your car, it says neutral. Why? Because you can accelerate forward and you can accelerate backwards when you're in neutral. You can operate on both planes. You can move through both planes. But if you get on the highway and the car is in drive, no matter what happens on that highway, you can only accelerate forward. So being neutral allows us to step back and observe both planes. That way, we don't love someone so much that we have no boundaries. We don't hate so much we become destructive. We stay neutral. So when we walk outside and a man cuts us off in traffic, we remain neutral. Once we accelerate to the side of pure anger, that's it. Cause and effect. Whatever happens, happens. But if we stay in the middle and we say, I could be angry and I could be calm, I can go to either of the extreme. But you know what? I'm going to remain neutral, meaning I'm going to detach myself from the emotions that is trying to get me to attach myself to it. Because every experience brings about an energy, a vibration, a emotion. So if I cut Matt off in, tra in traffic, an emotion surfaces that is trying to get Matt to attach itself to it. But Matt says, remain neutral, do not take sides. Right? Yeah. And this is what we have to do every day. Stay in neutrality. Right? Refrain from going to one extreme. Detachment. Your business is doing so well, you made $4 million this year. The law of rhythm says everything must fall. You have a bad quarter. You lost three million of your four million. As the pendulum swings down, remain neutral. Because as you become angry, now you have attached yourself so much to the success that when the pendulum swings, your ego can't take it. So you never attach yourself to the money. 
and the success. You never become attached to it because there is a day, the law of rhythm says, your business can go under. Mm-hmm. You understand? But if you remain neutral, you can always bring it back to where it was. Right? Yeah. But if you don't remain neutral, greed will take over you and you will do everything in your power to get the $4 million back. Because basically you've attached yourself to that time there that allowed go. for that there $4 million and you didn't see the Absolutely. current time yes. that caused you to lose that $3 million. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That's wild. See, neutrality <laughs> allows you to observe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, definitely. Self-mastery. Right. Self-mastery is the goal. It is. That is the goal. Yo, I this has been an incredible conversation, Calvin, man. I really, really want to say, yeah, I want to say thank you for this. And dude, it's crazy. We we've already gone over the hour, but it's like we just I feel like we barely (laughs) scratched the surface. You know, there's so many more things I was gonna ask you about, but we're gonna do a follow-up. Yeah, we're gonna do a follow-up. You gotta follow up. Yo, so whenever you want to connect again, we could do a part two and we could touch again. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. We can go deeper. We we yeah, we 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 got the we got the uh all the ingredients we need to make a good solid exactly. super stew so next time we'll just throw it all in the right. pot and mix it all up and see yeah, what comes yeah, out yeah, yo yeah. i was really really just feeling every part of this combo man i want to thank you again for joining before we go ahead Absolutely. and close out why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you uh you know your podcast and anywhere on social media so they can connect with you you share a lot of yeah, great if, stuff online so. wanna, yeah thank you thank you matt yeah if you want to connect with me i'm actually having a website built where i um, do one-on-one coaching and help people who are new on their journey. But if you want to get with me on a personal level, you can DM me on Instagram, um, Black Abyss, B-L-A-K underscore A-B-Y-S-S. My pack, my podcast, sorry, is on Anchor as well. Same name, Black Abyss, B-L-A-K underscore A-B-Y-S-S. All right. So you can um, you can reach me on Instagram. If you don't have an Instagram, you can email me at A-L-I-Y-A-H s-t-r-t at gmail.com if you just want to connect you want to talk i'll be doing coaching sessions very shortly um, once i get the website built but yes check out the anchor and um, check out my instagram and there's a lot of information there and um uh this uh this has been incredible man we this conversation has been great i enjoyed it we got into so many subjects so many topics and um this was a great podcast i'm glad you invited me um i appreciate matt um, I love connecting with uh, people like Matt. You know, the energy is, is just great. You know, um, this has been a great addition to my day. So I appreciate you, Matt. Likewise, man. The, the appreciation is definitely mutual. So, Calvin, thanks again for joining me on the Waste of Mind podcast. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us today. Um, if y'all want to find me online, you can check me out on Twitter at Fire From Within. You can check me out on Instagram unwasted mind also unwastedmind.com i've got plenty of content that i post regularly on there about everything you can think of that'll stimulate you intellectually mentally spiritually emotionally and all the great jazz in between so thanks again y'all for joining us again um until next time remember keep living keep learning keep loving keep growing and unwaste that beautiful mind of yours peace Peace.